Hello, my name is Emily Jansen, and this is the Leadership is Female podcast. I'm a female leader in sports. I'm the general manager of a AAA baseball team in minor league baseball, and I'm the first woman to hold this title in nearly 20 years. And I'm here with the Leadership is Female podcast to make sure that this amount of time never goes by again before another woman leads. Marion Wright Edelman said, you can't be what you can't see. So I am here to interview successful women in sport to uncover opportunity, learn the tips, learn from our mistakes, learn from our successes to get you to the top faster. Join me and my guests week after week, season after season, as we reach back to extend a hand to pull you forward. I will lead her forward because leadership is female. Sarah Butler manages PR and media globally for Stats Perform, a sports technology company that collects and distributes the richest sports data with unrivaled artificial intelligence and has worked on everything from broadcast rights, betting, performance data, match fixing, sports tech, and AI. Sarah resides in London. Sarah has worked for both professional sports teams and corporate companies during her career. As an athlete, Sarah played for Premiership Rugby Wasps and was a competitive athlete while at Longborough University, competing in rowing, water polo, and rugby. She is currently competing in CrossFit and training for the Chicago Marathon in October. Alongside her job at Stats Perform, she is immensely proud of creating Sports Business Connected, a website, podcast, event series, including the Women's Sports Business Speaker Series, webinars, and lunches fully committed to supporting all levels of women within the network and working in the sports business industry. We dive into Sports Business Connected, and Sarah shares practical advice on that dirty little word, networking. Sarah talks about networking as building friendships and connections, leveling the playing field on titles and finding commonality with other women, taking pressure off yourself by talking more and sharing your fears, ambitions, and goals. Her key advice, talk more. If you find yourself hung up on anything, ask your network. Sarah is a leader, approachable, and willing to extend a hand to lead her forward. Join me today for my first conversation uh, across the pond on a new continent as I interview Sarah Butler in the UK. Let her enlighten you with this episode. It's a great one. Welcome to the Leadership is Female podcast, Sarah Butler, who manages PR and media globally for Stats Perform and is the founder of Sports Business Connected. So excited to have you here today. Thank you. It's lovely to be here. I think working in PR, I'm normally the one that's uh, putting the other men and women in my company in the spotlight. So thank you for inviting me here today. My my pleasure. I'm happy to turn the microphone towards you. And so I want you to introduce yourself and tell us uh, who you are, what you do and how you got there. Great. Um, Yes, I currently am the... um, global PR director for a company called Stats Perform. Um, I've probably been working in the sports business industry um, for God, nearly about 15 years now. Um, been very lucky to be able to combine uh, my biggest passions, which generally is working in sport and playing sport. Um, I've had some amazing jobs along the line. Um, started out interning actually for a super league rugby league club uh, in the UK 
are called Harlequins Rugby League uh, that went on to be called uh, London Broncos. So that was my sort of step into the industry. Um, I actually it was my lecturer at university. I just bought science and English at a university called Loughborough, which is quite well known for being uh, a leading sports university. And I was told by my head of English that um, I wasn't really, he didn't see me as an academic, though my English is reasonably good, I like to think I've worked on it. But um, he, he said, you're a bit like a bull in a china shop and you'd be great in PR. And I think that's how I kind of fell into passion of sport, loved writing, loved being involved with people. And I suppose athletes was something that I wanted to be involved in. So I took an internship um very luckily and with a bit of hard work I suppose I one night we shared an office with a rugby union side called Harlequins um which is a premiership rugby side in the UK and the CEO was working one night and he switched all the lights off around the building and while I was still working and he said come into my office tomorrow and very lucky yeah it's he asked me what I was doing with my life and I said I think as every, probably every, most women at 21 kind of think, I'm not quite sure. Um, but he offered me a role and he said, uh, my head of PR has left. I've seen what you can do. I want you to take the role. I was very blessed to have such a, a figure that he was the CEO at the time. He was a very well-known CEO. He was, you know, he took a chance on somebody of my age, which was, you know, I've got a lot of respect for that and, Massive thank you for him for that. A guy called Mark Evans. Um, so yeah, so I was there for about three years. I did everything PR, quite a bit of the marketing, traveled with the teams, wrote the match ports, um, brought in, which I was quite at the time when social media, for example, started coming into sports. It was when Twitter first appeared. I remember having a conversation with the CEO about this social media thing called Twitter that had come in and what we thought it would affects it would have. Um, I mean, you could never imagine what it's become, the likes of Twitter and Facebook. And I suppose I brought in the idea of media training with the players, which had never been done before. And it was a very much amateur, very 23-year-old sort of putting together what she thought they should and shouldn't do <laughs> just from her own experience. Um, but it was, yeah, it was a really interesting time. Um, like I say, my, my CEO at the time always said to me, see, this is a whatever you do is your role just see it like another university course so constantly learn read everything you can so from a journalistic point of view my background wasn't hugely in rugby but he had played it but he said I want you to just learn read everything you can speak to people it's all a bit like a sponge and always think of it as a university another university course in some ways um so that's what I did I many learning curves. I think I've mentioned to a few people in the past um, ups and downs. I remember the first time I sent out people asked me for advice and I say, remember, always get somebody to check your work. I had an incident where I put out a press release that said uh, five players were re-signing um, England players they were at the time and put out a national newspaper press release to everybody and the broadcasters. I missed out the hyphen uh, accidentally. Um, so when you take a hyphen out of re-signing, it becomes resigning. Um, so I had a nice phone call from the broadcaster instantly to say, I think you might mean resigning, which was, I honestly, at the time thought I was going to be fired. And that was, I thought my whole career in the industry was going to, you know, disappear. And I, I always say to 
men and women now when they're starting out you just you got to take the ups and the downs and just nothing is ever that you know bad in the long term scheme nobody resigned everybody kept their jobs and those players carried on playing for England so uh there was no issues at that um yeah had an amazing time I uh then got called by a recruiter um I I haven't really had that much experience outside of the UK so I've been working with French clubs French media Italian media um from the European Cups that we were playing but I got a recruiter asked me if I'd like to interview for a job, global communications role uh, in Denmark with a company called, it was a shoe company called uh, Echo, which is spelled E-C-C-O. Um, and they had an outdoor brands, um, hiking brands, running brands, uh, golf shoes, and they wanted somebody to look after the global PR, um, which was a whole new experience. Um, I had... They own everything. They call it Calder Shoe. So it's a family-owned company. It's actually a woman that owns it. Uh, she's the richest woman in Denmark. It's wonderful. It's been a company that's been handed down the family for the last couple of generations. And it was, they make everything from the leather to the shoe, uh, shops, factories, tanneries, everything is in between. So it was a wonderful experience to be able to take journalists on press trips and sort of introduce them to really what was quite impressive um shoe making really in a really nice environment so that was about two and a half years and then came back to the UK I uh, took a job in a company called Perform Group which I'd known having worked with Harlequins uh their own brand sort of Opta um from a performance data side and they'd also been doing the production side of a lot of the rugby games on match days so I knew them back from there, knew some individuals in the company and ended up um, coming into the role uh, where I've been. It's now changed to Stats Perform and I've been there for nearly about seven years and have been lucky enough to work in everything from broadcast rights, betting, performance data, match fixing, now big focus on sports tech and AI and um, yeah, having a great experience so far. So loving it. Your story is one of hard work and I think also recognition. People have recognized the work you've done and then that's led to the next opportunity. So love to hear it, love to see it in action. And before we go any further, so one of my friends said to me, Emily, you talked to so many cool people on this podcast. I want to know more about their life. And so Sarah, I have to ask you the question. You are in the UK. I am in Reno, Nevada in the United States. Got a lot of US listeners, a few in Canada. You're my first interview um, uh, in a different country or on a different continent, I should say. So talk to me a little bit uh, or share with, with the listeners about uh, where you work and where you live and where you're currently living in a beautiful seaside town in the UK. Yeah, I do apologize for the uh, American listeners, my understanding of American sports is getting better. Um, we've recently, when Stats Perform became Stats Perform, we actually merged with a, an American company called Stats. Um, so and a lot of my bosses are based in the US. They have a background in American sports. So I'm being educated in American sports and they are being a bit more educated in football or soccer. 
uh, rugby and cricket. So it's a whole new learning curve. Um, and there are some odd words that come up, which, um, but uh, we all get a bit confused on um, between the English and the American language. But uh, yeah, I'm based, as you say, I'm based in, um, at the moment uh, with the lockdown, I'm actually based down in Devon uh, by the seaside, which is lovely. Uh, previously was in London and we've, haven't been back in the office now for about a year and a half I think it is and so we I think we're starting to in the next few months ease back into it um we're coming off the end of a bit of lockdown and it's been yeah I think there's a lot of us that are craving a bit of socialization and getting together with friends and family and uh, we're starting to be able to do that now so that's been really nice but uh yeah coming into the summer i try and swim a lot of people raise their eyebrows in the sea most of the year if i can but coming into the summer of course it's beautiful and still rather cold and uh, my actual dog likes to come out swimming with me as well she's a little working cocker spaniel so uh it's it's nice it's about probably about three and a half hours drive from london so i do try and pop back up once every few weeks to catch up with colleagues, uh, catch up, see people, see friends. And um, yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure I'll be back in London maybe towards the end of the year, but um, yeah, it's, it's getting better and the sun's now shining a little bit. And it's not raining as much as I think most people think it rains in the UK, so. That's good to hear. It makes for, for brighter days figuratively and literally. Um, and you are, so you mentioned swimming in the sea, you're an athlete and that was your attraction to the sports career in the first place. You played rugby and you also competed in rowing and water polo. Um, talk to us a little bit about your foundation in sports and how being an athlete has led to this successful career. Yeah, I, sports always been a massive part of my life I think it's I'm, I'm very lucky that I had parents who supported that my brother's a good athlete too we we um spent most weekends I think with one parent driving one child one <laughs> you've got children you've got all things to come um yeah so driving us to one place in the country and the other one somewhere else so ships in the night a lot of the time but um so just grew up with a massive passion, played a lot of, did a lot of athletics uh, when I was younger, netball, basketball, I was very lucky to be at a school that was quite competitive in, in that area. Uh, went to university, went to Loughborough as, a, as an athlete and then got injured and the physio actually said to me, you can either stop running, just stop, uh, you can either row a boat, swim or cycle were the three options. So my uh, first year of university, I rode for the university, rode the boats. Um, second year, I played water polo, which I'm not the best. I'm a reasonable swimmer, but I just some of those girls were extraordinary. <laughs> and, and then in my third year, which was quite unusual, my father said to me, go on, go and have a go at rugby. You know, you're an ex-sprinter, go and have a go. And which is a bit unusual because a lot of you don't think of fathers encouraging their daughters just to go into what was seen as quite a male dominated sport and not the most let's just say ladylike sport as probably some people would think um I remember my grandmother had a huge problem she just had an issue she's like but am I allowed to say this she said but your boobs will get you know damaged like 
you know, and I'm like, no, no, it's fine, Graham. We had these conversations. Uh, so it's funny how people, different people see and different generations see you playing a sport. Um, and I'm not, this is what I love about rugby. It's it's one of those sports, very few sports, which embraces any shape and size. And it it doesn't matter what skill you have, you can fit into a position. I mean, uh, you know, if you're fast, you can sit on the wing. If you're small, you can move in at scrum half. If you're if you're tall and strong, you can fit into the scrum. It's 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 sort of this wonderful sport that embraces everyone. And um, I used to get asked many a time of, you don't look like a rugby player, or you know, do you play with the same size balls as the men do? Or you get all these questions, which was yes we do do you do full contact that was asked a lot yes we do and I think especially when I was working in the rugby world I still got approached by even people working in the rugby world with me that would say women shouldn't play rugby you just shouldn't and I suppose it's lovely to see I mean I played premiership level at the time Uh, I went off to play sevens as well so there's 15s and there's sevens and I went to buy sevens and played with an invitational side and loved the game. But I remember while I was working at Harlequins, I, so I was about 23 and I, I remember I was asked to go and play, do England uh, sevens training selection. And I remember I was working. I said, well, no, because I'm working. I've got a job. You know, it's, you can't make money out of being a female athlete, uh, you know, unless you are maybe an athlete or, you know, definitely didn't make money being a rugby player and uh, the men did but the you know women just didn't and so I never did and it's lovely to see now how many years later you know it's now involved in the Olympics it's um, the girls a few years after were getting professionally paid Um, and uh, yeah it's it's really well supported it's being covered by broadcasters now and a lot of the clubs and teams and both club teams and national teams are, are using their sponsors are getting involved in promoting both the men's and the women's so it's lovely to see in, you know, in, I'd say not a huge amount of time, how the game and how the support and the investment in women's sport is, is really starting to, to change. Um, so, no, it's, it's great to see. And it's lovely, lovely in some ways to have been a part of that journey. And I'm still very much involved in the old girls, as I think a lot of us are. And, you know, I think if you've been, if you've had a love of sport and you've, played sports it's very difficult to ever step away from that especially you know your friends and your friends become family a lot of the time and you can't really walk away from that so uh, it's nice to have the old girls uh, meet ups and catch ups sometimes as well yeah it's it's so true sports as an athlete growing up they they become the fabric of sort of who you are and it's such a pleasure to be able to continue that journey just sort of on the other side of it on a computer, um, or, you know, whatever your, your work is in the sports world. And so speaking of your sports journey, not only are you at stats perform, but you're the founder of sports business connected. So I want to hear more about that. Um, how do you connect the women in the UK and, you know, what, what is sort of the foundation of, um, SBC? Yeah, SBC, actually, it started, um, I was was having lunch with a journalist a few years ago, and I'd said to him over lunch, come on, name me a successful woman, this was in London, name me a successful woman in the sports business industry. 
And uh, before he answered, I said, it can't be an athlete. It can't be a TV presenter. And it can't be some, I don't know, some deadless celebrity who's bringing out a fitness video or a going on a diet, you know, that's who's now suddenly in the fitness and sports world. And he just paused and I just said, I think we've got an issue. If you can't answer that on the spot and you've been to these events and you write it, write about this for for a living, I think we've got an issue. And the next week I'd actually gone off to an event called Sportel in Monaco, which is a big uh, sports event where the broadcasters, governing bodies, brands meet up. And I'd kind of gone around the event and I, I hadn't been told it's a bit of an eye opener, especially for a woman for various reasons. And um, I had met a few of the women there from like there was like Formula One, NBA, World Rugby, and there was a couple of girls from ITF. And I'd said to them, how do we not know each other? There's so few women here. This is a big event. You know, we should we should do a lunch. And we'd gone out that night. I'd had a few glasses of wine. I said, yes, we're going to do a lunch. We're going to do a lunch. And woke up the next morning and they reminded me of it. And so I went, well, once you've said you're going to do it, you've got to do it. And I thought at the time, you know, it might be a little eight of us catch up. And this lunch just grew and grew. Um, It was in December. And at that time, obviously, there's only so many people on a table you can book for uh, before they tell you they're fully booked. <laughs> so we got to about 30 and the restaurant said, look, we honestly, we can't fit anywhere else, nobody else in. So that started, I think I'd invited the BBC at the time and they said, obviously, the senior lady at the BBC couldn't attend, she's got to give me more than two weeks notice in December. Quite, <laughs> it's quite a busy time for lunches. And uh, but she was very supportive. They asked me to organize an event um, if I wanted to, and they'd support it. And I remember being asked at the time by a colleague, do you know what you're going to do? And I just went, nope, I'll work it out. Uh, I'm going to do something that the 23 year old me needed. And that's how right from the start, from everything I've ever done, it's been what would the 23 year old me have wanted, have needed? And everything's been, you know, sort of built around that. Um, and it's, I think there are a lot of issues, I think, within the industry that need to be addressed. I think we all know that. And I think it was just in my, it, it was my way of making a small step, I think, towards addressing them. And, um, you know, bringing women together through the industry, allowing them, supporting each other, building friendships, which was the main thing that I think we realised we need more than anything is that we've all been this idea of networking we've all been to events where you've walked in and even senior women have said to me I've walked through the doors turned around and walked off and just gone I can't can't do it and it's it's nothing against it it's just we've all been that Bridget Jones moment where you think when you go in with a glass of wine and you don't know who to talk to or what to say and then you walk into a conversation don't know what they're talking about and then you go do you know where the toilets are? And you just walk away because you just, you know, it's one of those situations. Um, yeah, and it's just trying to let them have an environment where the event space has always been, I haven't taken over 100 women because I, I like to think that if it's 100, it's intimate, you can get to know other women, but it doesn't feel intimidating if you want to put your hand up to ask questions. Um, I try to keep it chapman house rules, so... 
nothing goes out. Nobody, if you want to say something that you're worried about, that you think, oh, my boss might not take that badly. It's a safe environment. Um, everything is fun. It's, we, it's very interactive. Um, I always say to them when they leave, I think everybody here should either go for a coffee with somebody or ask somebody to go for a coffee and just create those friendships whereby if you've got, you just support each other, you know, and whether you're looking for jobs and your careers, it's uh, just trying to help open doors really. And the events have always been, I've always got a speaker in, so motivational speaker, somebody who can enlighten, can get people, get the women interacting, speaking, talking together, raising their hands, bringing out the questions that they've wanted to ask, but have felt that they couldn't. Um, and then we always have a fun panel, which is brilliantly moderated uh, by one of my good friends, Sarah McChesney-Gordon, who's one of the best moderators I've ever met. And uh, it's, yeah, it's fun. And I always put wine afterwards. And it's, it's a really interesting thing because I always ask the women at the beginning who who likes networking and everybody says no hate working and then at the end of the events I always have a separate room and it's always done in a nice five-star hotel it's a nice day out I finish the events at about four o'clock so if you've got children you can go if you haven't you can stay out and we'll go out till you know to the bars afterwards and just have a really great time but when I say to them who hates networking, they always put the hand up and don't want to do networking. And yet I can never get them rid of them at the end of the event. And they're all having glass of wine. I said, well, you don't like networking. And they will go, well, this is not networking. Like, well, it is. It's I hate the word networking, but it is a just building friendships and support groups. And I think that's how it started with events. We then took it to London. Um, and then when the pandemic hits, I suddenly had sort of three hours a day where I wasn't, at least where I wasn't traveling into London and decided I'd always promised I'd put a website together and put all of the words of wisdom and the experiences and the questions and the advice that had been given um, into one website. And so many people have been so supportive and I've got everything from a, the captain of wasps women's uh rugby team who's actually a recruiter um she gives advice on recruitment and cvs and i have a gentleman who's actually an old coach of mine and he's a he's a health and fitness and a motivational speaker and he does me a sort of agony uncle question session where anybody can sort of write in and have questions asked especially during the lockdown there was very few there were questions on I've had my third child and I you know I haven't seen a physio and can you give me advice on pelvic exercises from that to sort of my confidence I'm living on my own give me advice it it was a really sort of nice place to bring women together um and yeah we've done webinars since we had a great webinar uh, about a month or so ago and it's just trying to build that community and we've had so much support from all over the world and you suddenly it's like when you said earlier um Emily about sort of it it being a small world and I've had a good friend of mine that messaged me to say that she uh she, her, the girl next to her she's based in New Zealand she's English but she's in New Zealand and uh she said my colleague next to me just said Do you know this girl Sarah she's just reached out to me on LinkedIn about her group and it just yeah it's lovely to see that environment grow and support networks grow 
Thank you for listening to Leadership is Female. It's June, and we've got three big things going on on the podcast. First, calling all interns. We have four eight-week internships available in social media, website development, PR, and content. Are you interested? These are resume-boosting, learning, and networking opportunities for you. Check out our Instagram for details. Number two, the Young Leaders series is coming up in July. This four-part series has one spot available by nomination. Have someone who works for you who is a star? Email us at leadershipisfemale.com to nominate. And three, all new email subscribers in the month of June will be entered to win a high-performance planner, and one lucky winner will be chosen at the end of the month. If you have not subscribed, head to leadershipisfemale.com and subscribe today. Throughout this season of Leadership is Female, I've talked with several founders of the Pro Sports Assembly. I'm glad to become a founder too and invite you to join us at prosportsassembly.com. We are the association for people who work in professional sports. Our core purpose is the advancement of diverse and inclusive leadership. From finance to innovation, operations and sales to social responsibility, marketing, human resources, and analytics, the Assembly aims to ensure pro sports has a diverse and talented pipeline to lead these efforts and more. Visit prosportsassembly.com to learn more. Yeah, so much to love in your explanation, and I've got to start back at the beginning with your networking uh, explanation and the women who have walked into a room and sort of looked around and, and got cold feet and didn't know what to do and then decided to leave. And I think there's, I, I think everyone can identify with that. We've been that person at one, one time in our life, or maybe more than once where that just emotion. And I don't know anybody here and I don't know where to start. And I don't want to awkwardly join a conversation and so I'm so happy you shared that because I think so many of the listeners are going to find like solace in the me too, like I've done that before. And, and I love the environment that you've created where women can feel comfortable and it's not the networking word, it's building friendships, it's hearing from someone who inspires you and then listening to a fun panel and then having more conversations. And I think it's the, the impetus of a a larger and longer relationship. We were talking before I hit record today about how we came up on this call and it's, it just can be such a small world and in sports and a very friendly world among women. And you know, I, my good friend from college works for Stats Perform, who introduced me to um, one of your colleagues who I interviewed several months ago. And then this week, um, an amazing woman who helps me with the podcast page said, Hey, I met Sarah, you need to interview her. And it wasn't until she made the introduction that I learned that you worked for the company that my friend worked for of a woman who I interviewed. I mean, it's just, it's such a, a circle and it's a circle of warmth and friendliness and how can I help you? It's not something to be feared. And so I hope that through our conversation, we can sort of break down some of those walls, some of those fears about outreach, about networking, that it's not 
a dirty word, that it can be something that is really um, encouraging for, for your career. Before we move on, I got to ask you about Agony Uncle. Yeah. <laughs> what is uh, one of the best, you know, write-ins, one of the best forms of advice that has happened through that column on the Sports Business Connected website? You know, we've had a huge range. I think what came in most um which it really was I think was a lot of a lot of the women in the network were juggling trying one of my colleagues actually up leaving nameless um but it, I think it was this working from home having kids trying to balance homeschooling um one of my colleagues actually had been promoted at the time um and it's 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 been a weird time because I think Nobody writes a book about how to parent, how to be, how to do your job during a pandemic. And there was that question, especially hiring and, and firing at the same time. You know, it wasn't even firing, but, you know, a lot of companies have had to let people go and trying to do that virtually rather than physically is so difficult because nobody's explained how to do it. Um, and I think that, that that seemed to be the biggest most pressing questions and I think he had his wonder he has this wonderful way he's actually just published a book um this guy called Chris Garvey he's been a wonderful mentor to me and a wonderful friend but he I think he's got a very good way of just trying to say like you're doing good you're doing well you you can't I think as women we put so much pressure on ourselves um I heard quite a few times I just don't feel that I am being a good enough mum I don't feel I'm good enough at my job I just you know how I don't know how to cope here you know it's so overwhelming and I think it's sometimes you just as a woman need to say it and I think that reflects quite well in you know sport business connected it's just having this environment where you're not alone and that's what he kept saying was you aren't alone everybody is going through this in their own in their own way and it, it hasn't just been the you know the mothers it's you know, I suppose I'm single. Um, I had a very different experience uh, than I suppose my friends who are married with kids. Um, and then very different questions from younger students who we've got a few students who are doing for university. I mean, their experience of trying to go for university in these times is really different change as well. And, and also the athletes. I mean, we've got quite a few athletes who are saying, well, one girl is uh, training for the Rugby League World Cup. She said, you know, I haven't seen my teammates in however long. And it's it's all these sort of questions. And as women, we do put a lot of pressure on ourselves, I think. And sometimes we just need to say these things. And I always encourage women, please talk more because it's the only way it lifts a lot of weight off your shoulders. If you can realise that when you say something, there's others out there who are feeling the same way. And it's like you were saying about the networking and walking into a room and I've hidden in a, I very embarrassing, I will admit, I hid in a, in a closet, not in a, what is it, a coat closet once, because I was like, I don't know anybody here. Like, how long do I take to get my coat? Um, but yeah, I think friendships are so important. And we all know that through team sports, as well as, as just having friends and especially, you know, sort of having those friendships makes, makes everything easier, really. Yeah, totally. And, you know, to I'll raise you your coat closet and I've done the big circle around the room where you sort of look back and forth 
do I know anybody? Do I know anybody? Do I know anybody? And then by the time you get back to the door, you just keep going. That's, that's been, that's been me previously. And I've said this tip a couple of times on the podcast because it's been the, um, the motivator for me. Cause I'm, I'm very much like, if I set a goal, I want to achieve it. And so I'll set a goal for myself walking into one of these events where, well, first I've, I've got to make sure that I want to go. That's number one. Cause if you don't want to go, you're never going to be successful. So do your homework and make sure it's one that you want to go. And then for me, I'll set myself a goal of business cards to collect which means connections that I've made. So typically I'll say three. My goal is to collect three business cards. When I'm done, I I have permission to leave. You can start with one, you can say two, you can do whatever it is you want. But I find that for me, if I've set out to first attend and then second, a goal for what I want to accomplish, it gives me something to do before I've given myself permission to leave. So that's been really helpful for me to force those conversations because it's, it can be challenging. It's daunting. And I think that was mainly, I suppose, one of the reasons I started Sport Business Connected. I like LinkedIn is a wonderful tool. If um, I have a LinkedIn group now, which has nearly 700, it's been going a couple of months now. And it's, it's this way of sort of, if you're going to an event, getting to know other women that are going just put something out on your LinkedIn saying um, I'm going to this event tomorrow anybody else going and it's sometimes just having that response I actually had it from a quite a senior man who's been a wonderful wonderful mentor supporter of me and I remember him saying to me a few years ago I'd put it out at this event as attending so is anybody around and uh, anybody wants to meet me at the bar or something you know for lunch and I got a message back thing thank you know thank you for putting that message out because I don't really know anybody and I'm thinking it's not just women honestly it's men and women and just by having that it's it just gives you that sort of security and it's nice we all want to see people that we know we like so um and it's always nice to have somebody you can have lunch with so why not just put the message out there and somebody will very probably message you back and say thank you (laughs) I'll see you at the bar in yeah however long what a great tip because even I mean you probably don't even know that person but the fact that you connected ahead of time you feel relieved when you see them and and then there's two of you so if you're running into anybody else and then you can expand the group um what what an awesome tip and you you'd given another tip or another um explanation about women and how we put so much pressure on ourselves. And your advice was to talk more. And I have to just restate that because that's why these, you know, this podcast, like hearing from other women, that's why this exists. It's why sports business connected exists so that it gives you a platform or a forum to hear from other people that are going through, through similar things. So it's also, it's such a great tip. If you're feeling overwhelmed, you know, have you let any, any steam out of that pot? Like, are you just boiling within or have you taken an opportunity to, to have a conversation and, and let others know what you're going through from sports business connected, you're bringing together these women at live and online events 
Can you talk to us about one of the events that stood out the most to you? One that brings in a really good point um, to, to, to women and why we need this sort of community and, and network. I actually, I took the event up to a place called Manchester, which is north to any Americans that don't know the UK. It's sort of, it was a lot further, it's halfway the country. It's um, a lot further north than, than London. Um, but I remember one of my, one of my best friends from work, I'd phoned her up one day and I said, look, I, you've been my massive, you've been my cheerleader since, you know, the way through. And I'd like you to sit on the panel for me. And she said, don't be ridiculous. I've never seen a panel. I've never been to an event. She's amazing what she did. She'd sort of been overlooked, I think, for many years. And at the same time, I could hear her in the background going, get out of the washing machine. You know, it was that wonderful moment of, She's just, she's super woman to me, but she, she said no. And then she sort of rang me back and she said, you know what? I can't turn this down. Um, you know, I'll be sitting at the back of the room and I'll always regret not sitting on that panel. So um, I, anyway, she, she came to the event and I, I've always said this. I think one of the issues, I think with a lot of uh women's panels let's just say or speak events that put women up and I think there is just too many it's one reason that puts pressure on us I think we put a lot of CEOs and MDs and women who are let's say breaking glass ceilings and all that on panels and I think what I was finding um the idea of sports is connected is to is to maintain the women that we've got within the network and make it as welcoming as we can for future generations and what I was finding was a lot of women that were maybe in their 30s um, hadn't quite got to it, never actually saw themselves as MDs or CEOs, or they were very happy with where they were. They, you know, and this idea of they were going to conferences and they were feeling that they were failing because I think 95% of the audience just didn't identify with those women, especially when they kept putting TV presenters up and athletes and, and also CEOs. And what I was finding was that they can't, you know, especially a 21 year old or a 25 year old or again, you know, there might be a 50 year old in there who's been a marketing manager for loves a job, very happy. And, but was feeling like oh, I failed. I haven't reached that. You know, I just haven't done enough for women. And, and so I always make sure I have a, a mix of seniority and backgrounds on the panel. And I'd had this wonderful lady who just got an MBE actually recently called Lisa Rainwright, who was, I mean, she's, she's amazing. And she was sitting next to my friend and my friend said, I've got nothing in common with this woman. I've got absolutely nothing in common. Why have you put me next to her? And Lisa took the microphone and said, um, you know, my name's Lisa, blah, blah, blah. Um, I'm married to a woman and I have two girls from IVF and she handed the microphone to my friend Ms. Kate and she said hi I'm Kate I've got two girls from IVF and I what I always try to say to women is it doesn't matter what your background is it doesn't matter what your seniority levels are just because you're a manager and she's a CEO it doesn't mean you haven't got any common with you have we've all got things in common we've all got those conversations those life experiences um those you know fears I mean it doesn't matter what level you are at you, you still 
scared of networking, whether you're the CEO or the uh, the intern, you know, it's, yeah, you're always going to have that. And I think that was the moment that she was the one that was the biggest hit because there were so many women in that audience who really identified with her experience, um, trying to balancing the kids and, you know, just getting a promotion and just balancing things. And I, that to me was the biggest, I, I thought it, but it was lovely to see it. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, th- I have to say there was a conversation of, I told you so afterwards <laughs> to her to say, I told you it'd be great. And so, yeah, so I suppose that was one of my favorite things I've taken from. I mean, there's been amazing, you know, feedback and from all levels of women that have messaged me afterwards saying that what bit of advice that, that, uh, that woman, one of the lady speakers gave, um, about, I've always been quite open about this idea of women are reluctant to apply for jobs, for example, because they do, I know it's quite well known and quite communicated that you know, a woman can say, well, I can do 80% of that job at 20%, oh, maybe I shouldn't. And we just push that, support your team. If you've got youngsters, support them in you know, taking on these roles. Or if you see somebody in the network, if you, you've seen a job that's... Um, going in another company and you're intrigued you don't know if you could do it why not message one of the other women in the network to say would you give me five minutes of your time I just want to discuss the role instead of spending a day of your your whole Saturday writing an application which might not even have seen right reach out to somebody talk to them get some advice and um, you know none of us are going to shut you down so just do it and I think those were the wonderful, just hearing these feedbacks of women applying for jobs because they got some advice at the event or they, and, and then they got that role and then they ended up going to New York or the, yeah, it's, it's wonderful. Or they went for that pay rise and they asked for the promotion, all those sort of stories you get back. I think that's to me is the most rewarding part of it. It does what, you know, we, I suppose, are set out to do. So it's, Phenomenal. And it's really, you know, you started out talking about leveling the playing field on a panel, making sure that all the levels are represented so that the audience can can connect. And then through that panel, I think the audience probably saw the example of, I don't need to be afraid to talk to somebody who's got a bigger title than I do or a larger degree than I do. And then we sort of circled back to this whole concept of communication, outreach, support. When you're feeling that fear, when you're feeling that anxiety about an application or a ask for a promotion or a pitch for a raise, reach back into the network, find that support. I think we've all gotten a supportive email or text along the way from a girlfriend who has said, you can do it, or you've got this. And it's unbelievable the way how that simple message can just boost our confidence, right? As self-doubt is sort of creeping in. And I'm just so admirable on what you've created with, with Sports Business Connected. And you've offered so much advice to us today. And I want to ask you, the two final questions, what's one piece of advice that you can offer today for women in order for them to level up tomorrow? And then, of course, we will end with your favorite quote. Can I give you more than one? 
I actually, yes, I'm going to give them. And then you can always, um, I was writing down all the bits of advice that there were bits that I was kind of writing down from all the different people that had given me some advice. Um, I think one of them, I think we've mentioned it, say what you want. I think, I think to counteract assumptions about women's lack of ambition, they need to talk about what they want, even if it's difficult. And I, it's so difficult. I've had this conversation so many times with other women that they don't like to approach. I mean, it's never easy to approach the promotion or the, I think I, I'd like a pay rise. And I just think that's one of, they have to clearly communicate their aspirations um, and make it explicit if they want to move up. Um, if they're not seeking opportunities, not asking for what they want, employees which I've heard this time and time again from employees and senior members of staff they'll just assume they're happy where they are and I always think come you just got to start challenging and saying that um know your worth I did my first internship I was offered a job by the CEO and I was actually taken aside no it was the owner I was taken aside by the CEO and he said look I will be fired if you hear this back but do not accept that it you're you're worth more than that it's not if you take something that small just because you're an intern and they think that they can give you that job and you'll just take it because you'll be grateful uh because you want to work in sport say no and best thing I ever did I didn't take that role and so I I will always give credit to that um never apologize for having an opinion I think as women we constantly um and it comes out time and time again. We it's that rewriting of labels and that we talk about quite often. I've actually written an article about it on the website, and I think there are so many labels that we need to rewrite. Um, and don't feel afraid to have an opinion because it's not unladylike. It doesn't make you aggressive. It doesn't make you confrontational. It actually makes you good at what you do, and it gives it it, it makes reassured that you know what you're doing. So always have belief in yourself and don't apologize for having an opinion. Um, I think the other one that's going to have a culture of, I've seen it so many times where a lot of young 20 year olds are hitting burnout because I think we're sending too much, we rely too much on technology. And I've said this on panels a couple of times now to, if you're a boss, stop sending those emails at 10 o'clock at night because you're encouraging, um, your young colleagues to, to have to live up to that. And I, it's all very well being you know producing great work and everything but I've seen so many 30 year olds turn around and go I'm hitting burnout and I've got a friend who's a GP sorry a doctor and she said the number of women that I've seen come in they're working too hard they can't sustain this uh so that's one but stop fueling burnout because it's not a pretty subject and um one's going to say it's slightly controversial but if you think um that you are maybe wanting to have kids later in life, if you're in your 30s. Um, you know, if, you, if you're not considering having kids and you don't, there shouldn't be any pressure or any society pressure to have them. But if you are in your 30s and you are thinking of having kids and you're not in a relationship, do consider the egg freezing. I've just spoken to, again, I've got a doctor friend who it's becoming less of a taboo, I think. Um, but just yeah consider it there's great advancements in everything in technology these days for men and women and the sports world so that's just a I suppose those were the advice that I was given from various um sort of mentors in my career so far so 
there you go. And sorry, that's a random mix. You did ask for one. I'm sorry. Sarah, I'm going to run out of ink in my pen taking so many notes. <laughs> no. Um, and you asked for a quote. Actually, I've had so many wonderful quotes sent from, and what's lovely, so many women that have sent them. Um, uh, I got one recently from a good friend of mine that said, surround yourself with women uh, who would mention your name in a room full of opportunities. And I love that one because it just, yeah, it hit a chord. I think I did share it on the Sport Business Connected Instagram post. I just wanted to say the value of a good boss because you've had Nancy. I've never really had female bosses, inspiring female bosses in my life. And you actually interviewed my boss, Nancy. Um, I actually remember listening to it while I was running. I used to try and I always said to her that I think it's quite nice to take a break during the day and listen to a podcast. And uh, yours was the one that I'd actually listened to while I was running. And uh, I just, the difference a good boss makes to your life is if she, if they, he or she takes the time to get to know you, works out your strengths, works out your weaknesses, picks you up when you have those, we've all had wobbles. Um, but as Nancy always said to me, it's, it's about, you know, how you get up that matters after them. And so, yeah, I just wanted to give her a bit of a shout out because she's been a huge support to me, uh, especially in recently getting promoted as well. So um, it's good to see other women helping other women up. So hundred percent. Well, congratulations on your promotion. And I am so happy that you brought up great bosses before we ended this conversation, because if you're not a boss today, you very well could be tomorrow. And the way that you treat your employees will shape their careers. Really? I mean, it's, it, it'll lead them to their next opportunity within your company or another. It will foster their interpretation of what it is like to work and to rest. Um, as you pointed out, Sarah, in your tips, you know, stop sending those emails at 10 p.m. because your uh, employees might feel like they should be working at that time too. One one tip I've I've said before as as a boss is. When an employee asks for time off, how you receive that is so important. If you are stressed about them leaving and concerned about how long they're going to be gone or tell them that it needs to be approved, boy, you're not really sending them off for a merry old time. It is anxiety written. And so if you can also welcome them back to the office and ask them how their trip was and show that you really care. I've had bosses who do, you know, one, one side of the coin. Oh, you're really leaving. Is that really a good time? Do you really need to use that PTO? And I've had other bosses who've said, wonderful. Where are you going? Are you going to see your family? Who is this vacation with? And they tell me to have a great time. And they ask me about it when I come back and the difference in, in how I feel about that vacation, it's, it's really hard to even explain or measure. So happy you brought up Nancy. She is an absolute star. You work with so many phenomenal women at stats perform. You've created an incredible networking space in sports business connected and uh, we hope that you do an event in the U.S. so that we can all be invited. <laughs> Definitely. So, You're first on the list. Thank you for asking me to join you. Let's get into the top four takeaways. Number one, say what you want. Counteract the notion of any lack of ambition and make it explicit. 
If you don't make what you want known, people will assume you are happy where you are. Number two, know what you are worth. Let me say it again. Know what you are worth. Number three, never apologize for having an opinion. Number four, have a culture of rest. Stop fueling burnout with 10 p.m. emails that demand a response and support rest and time off for yourself and for your employees. Hey, leaders, if you want to be in for a treat, definitely subscribe to the show if you have not done so already because we have so many amazing episodes coming up. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts or follow us on Spotify, wherever you listen so you don't miss out. And if you leave us a review or post about me or tag Leadership is Female on your Instagram stories to talk about the show, we'll enter you into a giveaway. We're giving away something every single month. Some of my favorite things from my favorite work bag to my favorite sunglasses. Make sure that you spread the word and we will reward you for that. I'll also send you a personal thank you note and repost your comments and reviews. Last thing, did this episode bring you any insights, ideas, aha moments, anything you are inspired by? If so, take one second and share the link, post about it on your Instagram, text your friend, email, so many ways to share leadership is female. And if you do post about this show, again, don't forget to tag at Leadership is Female or at Emily Jansen or my awesome guest today, because knowing that this conversation made a difference for you means the world to us and we love to see it. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to the Leadership is Female podcast. It means the world to me that you chose to spend your time with this podcast today. If you like this episode, subscribe, share, and review. What can you do today to lead her forward? We will do our part to lead her forward because leadership is female. Thank you for joining us. This podcast was recorded and edited by Emily Jansen, public relations by Paige Hegedus, and distributed by Anchor FM.